Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their 3- to 10-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And don't miss our one-minute Exit Coach Tip of the Day on ExitCoachRadio.com. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. Welcome, everyone. Thanks a lot for joining us today. I'm very pleased to introduce my next guest, and he is Jack Scherer of Sales Talent. And Sales Talent is a company in Atlanta, Georgia, that focuses on national sales recruiting and sales training. And we're going to talk about how to hire proven sales talent. And as we all know, sales the sales department is the heart of your business. So uh, this is going to be very interesting. I want you to pay attention. And Jack, thanks very much for joining us today. Uh, Bill, thanks for inviting me. It's a real pleasure, Jack. Tell us, uh, before we get started on this conversation, tell us a little bit about sales talent and how you started it and what you do for businesses. Okay, very good. Good question. Um, I own a number of businesses prior to starting sales talent, which was started in 2000. I owned an advertising company, Direct Mail, and sold that business and got into the magazine publishing business for entrepreneurs. And through the process of all these business, these two businesses, I found it to be very difficult to um, hire and keep good salespeople. So sold those two businesses and started Sales Talent, whose focus is to um, find, um, test, train proven sales talent. And uh, we also provide strategic sales playbooks to help a business grow um, to you know, often do more with less by by doing the right things versus the wrong things. Probably have interviewed or met with over 5,000 business owners in both sales and marketing, and many mistakes are made because um, a lot of it's trial and error. So our purpose is to meet with a client and really communicate things that actually work based upon real hard skill in the trenches experience. So... um, there was an article in the Wall Street Journal recently that, that said that um, there is a national hunt for sales talent, and it's very difficult to find good salespeople. And it's probably the hardest um, element to fill within a business, and it's by far the, the highest in terms of uh, turnover. Because in sales, you've got to hit a number, and you're, you should be measured every month in terms of your um, hitting your quota or not hitting it. A couple of statistics in selling that I think are kind of interesting that, that – in, in part of our presentation, and, and these are these are really interesting. Um, number one, it's said that 80% of all salespeople, regardless of industry, fail to hit their quota in a consistent basis. So eight out of ten salespeople fail. Number two, um, in most sales presentations, the majority of salespeople wing it rather than using a consistent system to present a methodical presentation, more importantly, that solves problems than, than regurgitating information, um, facts and figures. Another one that's fact number three is seven out of ten salespeople in the United States of America, probably a million sales calls are made plus, seven out of ten salespeople do not ask for the order. They do not ask for the order mainly because they're afraid of failure or rejection, so they don't ask. And the the last one is, and this is a study done out of a um, number of universities, which says 
70% of all people in sales today either are selling the wrong product, the wrong service, and or they don't have the the correct sales DNA to be effective at selling. So in a nutshell, that's what we try to tackle every single day. <laughs> well, it, that's it's tremendous, you know, and we always have heard about the 80-20 rule that, you know, 20% of the sales guys do 80% of the work, but in the hiring process, what are some of the big mistakes? What are the three biggest mistakes in hiring a good salesperson? Good question, Bill, because we do seminars on this. <clears throat> and no matter where we go, the mistakes are always the same. First and foremost, number one, way too much emphasis upon hiring exact industry experience. And the reason they, hiring managers do that is because they, someone can have, hit the ground running because they have industry experience. What they should be doing, instead of hiring exact industry experience, is hire the athlete teaching the sport. So if someone has good sales DNA and they, they can sell um, green widgets and they have a track record in selling green widgets, that person, because they have a natural sales DNA, can go out and sell um, purple widgets. So the emphasis should be placed upon real sales DNA, not so much industry experience. So many hiring managers get obsessed with, with the resume, and the resume is just a piece of paper, black ink on white paper. We're hiring, we should be hiring the person, the talent, not industry experience. That's mistake number one. Hire, well, hire, before, we, before we get on to number two, okay. I, I can understand a little bit about that because, for instance, in the financial services world, there's a whole lingo. There's a whole knowledge base that goes with it, and then you would think in certain verticals, that people might have contacts they can go back to and that type of a thing. But what you're saying is, you know what, if the person does, they could be very, they could know everybody in the industry, but if they're one of those seven out of ten that doesn't ask for the order, you just, you're just wasting your time. Right, mainly because they don't have sales DNA. They have industry okay. experience, but it's, it's more importantly have good DNA in sales, raw sales ability versus industry experience. The cliche is it's easier to teach somebody what to sell than how to sell. And I, you think, know what? I think so where we go, where we're trying to change that mindset, go after talent and versus, you know, related industry experience. I'll tell you one way to do that is take that person out to play golf, and if they hit the ball in the <laughs> weeds and they look for it 20 yards in front of where they actually hit it, hire them. They're, they believe in themselves. Yeah, exactly <laughs> right. So here's okay. mistake oh. number two. Okay. Let's hire um, Bill Black because he has a great Rolodex and he's going to bring all this business with him. And it sounds good and it says, well, let's see, that, that sounds great because we can, we can get ROI relatively quickly. In 90% of the cases, the book of business never comes. It's, it's used as a smokescreen to get hired and it should not be the main reason we hire somebody. Mistake number three they do not measure someone's true sales ability prior to being hired. In order to get into any good college, Georgia Tech in Atlanta, Emory University in, 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 in Atlanta, University of Georgia, you have to pass an SAT test in order to get qualified scores. If you don't get good scores in those SAT Test, you're not going to get into those universities. The same thing should apply to getting hired in a sales position. You need to have good sales DNA, 
else we could provide all the training in the world and it's going to bounce right off we don't have the right talent we can't send someone to baseball camp that doesn't have good eye-hand coordination expect them to be a good baseball player right you've got to have a certain amount of god-given ability and the majority of of companies do not train test or use a sales assessment tool we use them all the time and, and they're very predictable in terms of future productivity we measure 12 different characteristics to include, number one, assertiveness. And that's that's a big number because that determines someone's self-motivation. And then if that number is high, it correlates really specifically with prospecting skills, closing skills, and stamina. So we get scores from 0 to 10 on 12 different um, points. Um, and if we were looking for 7.5 and above, or like you said, Bill, eight point out of eight point oh out of ten, you're in the top twenty percent. So twenty percent of the salespeople create eighty percent of the sales, and no matter where we go, that's that's basically true. Mistake number three is, well, this person's got industry experience, um, they've got a book of business they're going to bring. We'll just give them this little manual and throw them out there to the wolves. And there's there's really no system in terms of how to train, or there's no track to run on. And they flounder, and what what any company should have would be a proven sales system, considering you know consisting of a prospecting system. How do we prospect? Which is the most difficult thing in selling. Um, a proven sales presentation, but not canned, but broken down into solution driven, not fact driven. And num- number three, a metrics program. How can we manage what we can't measure? It's been proven if we have a measurement device and a person knows they're being measured, productivity can go up 30 to 40%. And yet very few people have a metrics program based upon the number of calls, number of presentations, closing ratios, average sale, et cetera. So those are three or four largest mistakes that I see, that we see on an ongoing basis. That's fantastic information. It makes a lot of sense that, you know, if you're, you're making the mistakes on emphasizing industry experience, a big Rolodex, and and you're not measuring that sales ability. So you mentioned the 12 factors. What really makes a great salesperson? Great question, Bill, because I'm a reader just by nature. That's just the way I was raised. I try to consume a lot of information and read a lot of business, various business books. The best one I ever read was called The Successful Salesperson, written by Greenberg, out of Princeton, New Jersey. And he did a study of 10,000 salespeople um, selling life insurance on straight commission, which is tough. I mean, one of the highest turnover industries in, in sales is insurance. It's, it's an unsought need. No one wants to buy it, but and it's tough, and it's very competitive. So what he came up with was with two factors, which I think are very compelling and realistic and, and truthful in sales. Number one, a great salesperson needs to have a high degree of ego drive. They need to get up every single day and win the national championship. And that doesn't mean making a lot of money. It may mean um, being number one in their region, being number one in the United States of America. But they're driven to win every single day. And it's hard to teach that. It's, it's ingrained. We're wired. We're wired to win. Vince Lombardi, Green Bay Packers, he said, winning is a habit. And he said, unfortunately, so is losing. So good salespeople mm. need to be born to win. They need to win because it makes them feel good. And as a result, the money will come. Number two, a great salesperson needs a high degree of empathy, Greek word empathy, and meaning pain. So 
you know, all the, the seminars we do, and we listen, why don't you like salespeople? And they all say the same thing, too, too pushy, too high pressure, and they don't listen. A good salesperson listens more than they talk, and they're able to ask good, open-ended questions. So if I have empathy for you, Bill, I'm trying to, to develop listening skills to find out what your pain points may be to see if I can solve them. So it's a combination of high ego drive, high empathy equals the ideal salesperson. If you have a high ego drive person and low empathy, that person's a sledgehammer. They're always trying to close, 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 close. And most most prospects will back off of that because they don't want to be closed, but they want to buy solutions to problems. Mm-hmm. So that, point. that in a nutshell, mm-hmm. I think, is the, the most compelling thing I've read or witnessed when I interview, I try to find out if they, they're driven to win. Do they, do they need to win? That's why there's a great correlation between playing sports and, and, and playing sports they need to play the game to win and actual the true, the true ability to, to go out and be a, a good salesperson. Now, I, I can attest to that. I, I started off in the life insurance business, and I noticed that the, the, there were a lot of people that were uh, they would always put on the contest, you know, and everybody wanted to be in the awards banquet up on the up on the stage, getting their awards and medals. But a lot of times, the high the the guys that were driven to win didn't have high empathy, and you would find out later in the next year that that person was not with the company anymore for a variety of reasons because they were selling to win, but not selling for their customers to win. So both of those need to go hand in hand. Like that exactly. And he had he had more cancellations than I, than I could ever imagine, and I was young right out of college, and I'd say I don't want to be like him, so I I didn't want to do what he did, and he, what he, what he did was he was an extremely high pressure closer, and we don't close sales, we create opportunities where people want to buy. You say well, why'd you buy from Bill? I bought from Bill because I trusted him. I bought from Bill because um, he seemed to care about me. I bought from Bill because he developed a sense of empathy for me. I bought from Bill because he also had very good product knowledge that could help me. So I, you didn't close me, Bill. I bought from you. Big difference. But at the same time, you, you mentioned that la- that other factor, which is you have to ask for, for I, I know a lot of guys, I would see them come and go, and, and you, they're very nice people, very empathetic, but they were just educating. They weren't. They weren't bringing to a decision point and taking that risk because it is a risk. Nobody wants I, to I had a guy out. that worked for me for two years, and I really liked him. I really liked him, and um, I went to his wedding. He he was the son of a surgeon, and um, he married a doctor's daughter. And the wedding must have cost a hundred thousand dollars or more. And I had to fire him, and 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 I would train him. I said. I said, Harrison, you've got to ask for the order. And everybody loved him. I mean, you, you, how could you not like Harrison? The problem is he didn't sell, he didn't sell anything. And the reason is he, he never asked for the order. He was afraid of rejection. Mm, and yeah. um, he would be very good in customer service, but he was not. He, di- he, didn't, he didn't have the ego drive to, to get the W, the win, um, every single day. And you can be a great salesperson without being hard closer, in fact, most great salespeople are not hard closers. They're problem solvers. Yes, but they still get to the end result. They they realize that the, the, the end of the game is, is that signed order. And like you said, uh, 
seven out of ten don't ask for it. So, so let's talk about national trends. What do we see happening? What do you see happening on a national basis in hiring salespeople? What are some of the trends? That's a good question, Bill. And um, it's changed since 2008. It's changed since the recession, the birth of the recession. It's changed, and there's three big changes that happened as a result of 08. Number one. Um, an emphasis upon dropping starting salaries, lowering the starting salary, and increasing commissions. Um, the old way—that's the new way. The, the old way was, well, we'll send, we'll give you a very high base salary and, and maybe not that much of a commission. Now, major companies, and we're working with national, international companies, they're lowering the commissions, and a lot of these people are great engineers, civil engineers, but instead of paying them. Maybe a base of a hundred thousand, they're dropping it down to seventy-five. But in the same sense, they're increasing the amount of money they can make from a commission standpoint, assuming they hit their goals, their targets. So that's that's one change. Number, second change, we're seeing an increased emphasis upon women, our clients, wanting to interview women that are in male-dominated industries such as capital equipment, industrial sales, construction. Um, Ten years ago, 15 years ago, maybe you wouldn't even think about that because women historically migrated to maybe healthcare as a, as a good as a good mm-hmm. industry. They still do, um, but they still more and more companies are asking to, to interview women in typically male-dominated industries. The third thing that's changed is a greater emphasis upon inside sales in combined with digital marketing programs. Instead of putting someone on an airplane and flying them from New York to San Francisco, let's see if we can accomplish this thing by webinar or by inside sales program combined with um, digital communication, email, and the Internet. That's going to continue to to grow mainly because companies can do more with less. They can cut costs and increase sales. And that's what most companies are looking to do to drive higher profit margins. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that because technology has become kind of the – the brochure and the opener in a lot of ways. So that changes the skill sets that the salespeople need to really hone on, which is now now you might be talking to more and more people uh, because of technology uh, and not having to r- drive across town, for instance. So now you can do a, a, a web presentation across the country. But you have to be very good in a different way, and that is um, you have to be compelling and, and be able to come to a close with different media these days, right? Absolutely right. That's that's going to trend. That's going to go forward. <clears throat> so we're doing more with less. We're cutting costs. We're reducing salaries. We're we're but we're we're not reducing income. We're reducing the amount of money we pay upfront. And if you can hit your goal, you're going to make more money. So there's a there's a statistic in the Guinness Book of World Records. The highest paid people they indicate this one person work work on straight commission. And when we try to recruit. On straight commission, nobody wants to do it. <laughs> now, that's going to change. It's a combination of, of a decent base salary com- combined with great incentive because you, in sales, what's so great about sales, the greatest career in the world, is you can t- determine your own income based upon how good you are and how hard you work, right? Yeah, but you're right. A lot of people don't want to get started on that because they need some initial support um, and they're they're not cut out for that. Uh, you know, so it is it is uh, incentive-based. Now, let's talk about um, the demographics. Is the um, is this? I mean, let's face it. 
when we measure unemployment, one of the one of the key indicators that doesn't get talked about very much, but it's out there is underemployment. A lot of people that are saying, you know, I can't get my job back. I need to do something else. Um, does that mean that pe- more and more people are going to gravitate towards sales and things where they can derive more compensation based on their effort? I think there's a fear of going into sales. And that was the article in the Wall Street Journal. Um, it was about 10 days ago. And it was talking about college graduates going into sales, and, and there's this misconception that it's not a very stable environment. And um, there's a lot of people graduating from college um, with good degrees that don't have a very good um, repu- they don't have a good impression of sales because I think it goes back to when they bought their first car or used car and they were hammered <laughs> to close the salesperson was hammering to close the sale and they think um, they think that all salespeople are basically that way. Um, the thing that I learned, the greatest thing I learned in selling of all the things that I've learned or tried to learn, seminars, books was one simple sentence, one statement, and it said, every sale is really a solution to a problem. So a good salesperson has to be very analytical. Ask The questions are the answers. Be able to ask good questions, listen, and don't try to sell something. Try to provide customized solutions to their specific problems. And there's very few salespeople that do that effectively. When we interview them, uh, a lot of salespeople on the phone or in person, um, they most of them don't even ask for the for the next um, interview. They they're waiting for me to say, "Wow, you're the Jennifer. Thank you very much for coming for this interview. Can you start Monday?" And I'm looking for them to jump on the other side of the table and say, "Give me the ball, coach. I can sell." So I look for that passion, and I don't see a lot of it in a lot of people. Um, I think people are in the interview and they're looking for. Um, Freedom or flex, I don't know what they're looking for. Big flag, I asked this one, one young guy, I said, why <laughs> Why do you want to go in sales? And he says, I love the flexibility. Is that a red flag or what? <laughs> yeah. The way that I interpret that statement is that, well, I mean, if I have a good week, I can take off Friday, and they're not even going to know about it. And what I want to hear about is I want to go in sales because I can really determine my own income. And it's almost like having your own business without any investment. But it, there's this fear factor um, that that they they may not be successful. But no no pain no gain. <laughs> high risk well, high reward. Uh, and like you said, the the odds the odds right now are against people. If eight out of ten salespeople fail. It really takes a special person. I mean, anybody can get into sales. It's just kind of like we tell business owners: anybody can sell their business tomorrow. It's just what price are you going to get? Uh, you know, how are you going to do with it? And so, like you say, I mean, testing for that DNA—it it sounds fantastic. So, is that what sales talent will help business owners do? Yeah. Is to actually we're unique in about three different ways. <clears throat> we're 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 unique in three because every every business needs to have what we call USP, unique selling proposition. And we do a lot of consulting in the area of marketing and sales. And so we say, what's your USP? And most people say quality and service. That's not a USP. Everybody's got quality and service. Our USP is we specialize in sales in both recruiting, training, and strategy. Then on top of that, um, we can measure someone's sales DNA online before they're even interviewed. And we can save a lot of money on that because 
someone interviews well, they dress well, they're nice-looking, they're articulate, boy, do they have a good-looking resume. Does that make them a good salesperson? No. So as a result, many hiring managers are fooled um, by someone that has great interviewing skills and maybe a great-looking resume, but resumes don't make sales. People do. Mm-hmm. So we, we, I think we put together. We're looking to um, franchise this probably the beginning of um, or the middle of this year, or set up different locations. And one, one little footnote that I, I want to add, um, um, Bill. I, I've written two books, um, three books actually. Twenty One Laws of Sales Success. Um, another one's coming out in, in the spring called Selling to the Heart: How Most Sales Are Really Won. And the third one is driving profit, how to start your own business and win. So when I do seminars on starting your own business, I mean, I, maybe I'll have 30 or 40 people in the class that have been downsized executives, and they're, they're excited about starting their own business, but there's this, again, fear factor. What if I start my business and I fail? Because eight out of ten small businesses fail within the first three or four years, right? And they know those mm-hmm. statistics. The reason they fail is because they don't have enough cu- enough customers. The reason why they don't have enough customers is because they don't have a tight integrated sales marketing program, and maybe they throw too many too much money at the wrong things, versus having a, a very good market integrated marketing plan, et cetera. Yeah, it's so tough it's almost these days. it's like mm-hmm. having your own business and being successful is similar to being a salesperson because you've got to hit a number within a certain quota. Um, in, in a sales territory, the same thing with, with business. You've got to hit a number. It's called beyond break even to show a profit and stay in business, right? Yeah, nobody loves an, an you know nobody's going to make it with an empty funnel. Let's put it that way. No, that's exactly right. <laughs> so, it's so the same challenges, and I don't think you know because we're a college graduate doesn't mean we could be a good entrepreneur, nor can we be a good salesperson, right? Since we well, have a college graduate. And I'm sure you've heard it too, but I also hear that you know a business, a small business owner's job description includes probably 40% of their time should be developing new business, and that means two days a week. I mean, if you if you yeah, boil it's funny. it down, it's, it's basically that's right. That, that was written in some article. Um, they're they're really new business development is where it's at because the average business loses 20% of its customers each year, not mm-hmm. because they did a bad job, mergers, acquisitions, whatever. So we got to we got to increase twenty percent to stay even, and who wants to stay even? Um, I think what I read in Inc. magazine, the majority of business owners would like to grow at the rate of about fifteen percent per year. Mm-hmm. So, and, Jack, tell um, me, you're, you're a Vistage speaker, and so tell me in about one and a half minutes to two minutes what your Vistage talk is about when you go in and talk to this these groups of business owners. Two, there's two topics. Number one. Um, how to write and develop an integrated marketing plan for a business. Um, number two, how to develop a national or regional sales force. So each one of those elements equals new business development. Majority of businesses, smaller, medium-sized businesses, don't have an integrated marketing plan. They think marketing's advertising was well, whereas marketing's the process of finding and keeping customers. Then how do we develop second topics? How do we develop a national sales force, a regional sales force? How how do we put the chess pieces on the board? How do we how do we how do we integrate inside sales, outside sales? What about lead generation? What about if we took half of our money and put it into a lead generation program versus hiring two or three extra salespeople, and then give those good leads to the top salesperson, Bill and Jack? We'll give them the leads because they're not going to blow that lead, 
right? Mm-hmm. So it's right. doing more or less. It's reinventing how you go to the marketplace based upon techniques that are proven to be effective. Great. So it's in some ways back to that funnel analogy. It's it's fixing that leaky funnel basically where people because I I am in a Vistage group and I hear our members talking about going to trade shows and bringing back all kinds of leads and then nothing happens as a result of there's a big leak in the funnel and and so. Uh, building these processes is very important. Jack, how do people get in touch with you to to talk with you, to hire you for speaking at their groups and that type of thing? Okay, my email address is jack, J-A-C-K, at salestalent.com. Jack at salestalent.com. Phone number, we're based in Atlanta, is 678-421-1950. Website is www.salestalent.com. And I would love to talk to anybody about sales ideas, new business development, because I have a passion for this. <laughs> I really do. I can tell, and you make it very clear. Uh, you, you gave us a lot of great information in a very short period of time. And so, listeners, uh, if you want a great speaker, uh, hire Jack Scherer. Uh, give him a call. Talk to him. If nothing else, at least learn uh, learn about them by uh, going to the website and finding out what's there. Get copies of the book. There's a lot of information I can tell that uh, would be very valuable to our listeners. So Jack, thanks very much. Appreciate you joining us today, and I want to go into this deeper with you at some time in the future. So come back and join us again, will you? Thanks, Bill. Thanks for the invitation. You have a great day. All right. My pleasure. We're going to take a short break and close out the show here, so please stay with us for just a moment. You're listening to one of many shows on ExitCoachRadio.com. We're interviewing advisors, authors, and thought leaders for their best tips, ideas, and precautions so you can be well-planned. If you'd like to be a guest on any of our shows, go to guest.exitcoachradio.com. ExitCoachRadio.com. Come listen for a minute. Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio. 